Hello, friends. Welcome to the very first episode of the Schoolyard Podcast, brought to you by School Specialty. In this episode, we'll be talking about wellness and social emotional learning spaces. I am your host, Nancy Chung, a fun-loving teacher and content creator, also known as Fancy Nancy and Fifth on social media, and I'm thrilled that you're here. A special shout out to School Specialty, who offers essential educational supplies, complete learning environments, and curriculum solutions to help you transform more than classrooms. This is the Schoolyard Podcast, where the magic of learning unfolds. This is a podcast by educators for educators, hoping to entertain and educate. We all know that the pandemic had a great impact on students' social emotional wellness which is why social-emotional learning has been the big buzz in education. It's been quite a roller coaster ride, hasn't it? I've noticed some interesting things among my students too. Anxiety seems to be a big struggle for many of them, and it's really tough to see them internalize it. The stress levels are through the roof, even for the little ones in primary grades. In my attempt at creating a safe and welcoming space that promotes wellness, I've brought in a couch, Yes, a couch in the middle of my classroom, a beanbag, lots of cushions, and even established a calm corner with fidget toys. But is that enough? We're going to be asking that question and much more from a very special guest. Today, we have Dr. Sue Ann Highland, who is the National Education Strategist for School Specialty. Dr. Highland, would you please tell us about yourself and tell us what you do for School Specialty? My name is Sue Ann, everyone, and I am a retired teacher and administrator, and I am so excited because in my role, this is my fun retirement job. I am (laughs) an industrial organizational psychologist, which just really means that I specialize in turnaround and improvement. So my job here at School Specialty is to be a resource for schools and districts and go out and research and read about what the best practices and newest research says and bring that over to not only our teams, but schools and districts to see what they can apply in their space and help them create that custom feel, custom solution for whatever their needs are. Wow, that sounds like such a meaningful and dreamy job. Sue Ann, why is everyone talking about social emotional learning? Oh boy, you, they are definitely talking every day all over the news, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think because of the pandemic, it really just started to surface again. Teachers Mm -hmm. know instinctively, we know from school that students need to feel like they belong. They need to feel socially aware and, you know, emotionally connected Mm -hmm. to be successful learners. So we all know that. The thing that I think people didn't really connect as heavily is the impact that teachers and Mm -hmm. students have together. And I always tell everyone that teaching is the only profession, first of all, that is a shared experience with everyone everywhere, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. been to school. So they Mm -hmm. all feel like I've got input into what that environment should look like, feel like what teaching should happen. The second thing that happens is teaching is the only profession that trains every other profession. 
Oh my gosh, that's such a profound quote. And it's, okay, would you repeat that one more time? Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Teaching is the only profession that trains every other profession. Wow. So when you think so about where that shoulders, I when I talk to a lot of educators, when I talk to a lot of administrators and stakeholders, board members, I mm-hmm. kind of try and frame it as think about the pressure that teachers feel. So when you talk to a teacher, Teaching is one of those professions that it's not just a job, it's who we are. And Mm -hmm. I know people that I work with here at School Specialty know that when someone asks me what I do, I say I'm an educator first Mm -hmm. because it's who I am in in my heart, in my gut. it's, It's deep into who I am. It's ingrained. It's not just a job. Uh So I think when we combine that with that pressure that knows oh my gosh, if I'm teaching first grade, second grade, whatever grade, I'm foundation for the next grade. Mm -hmm. And then all those questions and all that self-doubt and think of what the pandemic did to us. It isolated us. So we didn't Mm -hmm. have that connection. We couldn't walk up to a student, put your hand on their shoulder and check on them, get the Mm -hmm. eye contact, check on one another. How many times do you walk down your school hallways and you hug 15 people? on the way down. Right. Right. You know, that we all lost. Mm -hmm. And we really, if you look at really what the research is saying, that's part of where that gap came in. And I don't like the term learning loss. I I will tell you, I'm not a big (laughs) fan of it because we didn't Uh lose anything. We just didn't Mm -hmm. get a chance to get it. So all of these things that we're doing to support SEL Mm-hmm. they're going to help us gain it back. And I think we've learned so much and hopefully people appreciate teachers more and more every day because they are so vital to mm-hmm. not only, you know, where our kids are now, but where our kids are going to be in the future. Right. Yeah. This is wow. As you're, as you um, mentioned these things, I wanted to kind of go back to like the issues and the the problems that that I said I was noticing with you know anxiety and how students are internalizing all of these things and the lack of social skills. I feel like once we meet the SEL piece, the the need, I feel like that's the missing piece that's going to solve a lot of these like discipline issues and the social issues and the anxiety issues. And um, I, as you mentioned, I think that will eliminate a lot of the discipline problems too. Absolutely. absolutely. Right? And, and, and the academic stamina and, and all of those things. All of those things. And if you think about it, I always, I want people to stop and think for just a moment that when you have a kid who comes into kindergarten. What do our great kindergarten teachers do? They teach social connections. They Mm -hmm. teach how to walk down the hallway properly, right? Right. How Mm -hmm. to ask nicely when you, you know, how Mm -hmm. to play great in the sandbox. Yeah. Look at today's seniors who are going into their senior year, today's freshmen, today's third graders. They're starting in the fall. They missed the foundation year of that grade span. That is so true. if they never learned those skills, we need to stop and go back and say, oh, wait a minute, we need to teach that. Because mm-hmm. we just assume that, wait a minute, they're going into their sophomore, junior year, they should know that. Well, not mm-hmm. really, They because they didn't learn how to be a freshman right. when they got there. We can't just assume that they already we know can't. that and that, that they have that skill. That's amazing. Now, what kind of things related to wellness and social emotional learning have you noticed at schools? 
Well, I think you hit it in your intro for sure. We've definitely seen some struggles. Um, I though like to tell everyone, I love moving and thinking of the idea of moving from trauma to triumph. We all know kids and teachers can be successful. We want them to be successful. So what I've really noticed is the increased need to find new alternative solutions. What else can we do besides just opening a textbook that is the textbook on social emotional learning? And, you know, how can I integrate things throughout my school day? Just like you said, how can I change my environment? How can I tweak it to kind of get kids on that level where they're really comfortable and they're really engaged all throughout their day? Oh, I love that. I need to, I need to write this down. Trauma to triumph. I mm-hmm. love that. That should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> it should be on a t-shirt. Right. Now, um, any advice on how we can approach the social emotional crisis in the K-12 classrooms? Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, it really starts with our teachers because the more that we can take care of our teachers and help them to have what I call a work-life harmony I don't like the term work-life balance. There really is no such thing, right? Let's let's be real. Mm-hmm. Um, I want those teachers to feel like they are welcome in their school. They are valued as educators. And the more we take care of our teachers, the more they'll take care of our kids. But when it comes to the kids, I want them to have every opportunity to engage in school, to engage in the content with their teachers, with their peers. And in order to do that, you've got to start with the basics. You've got to go back. We all know Maslow's theory of hierarchy, right? Mm -hmm. We've got to go back to those basics. Do they have their physiological needs met and building their self-efficacy? You know, self-efficacy is their belief in themselves that they can achieve. Well, once they believe in themselves, then that's really when you unlock the awesome engagement. I know the listeners can't see me right now. I'm totally just nodding away and smiling <laughs> because this is so true. This right on. Now, do you think learning spaces play a key role? And if so, like how? Do you think, um, do you have any success stories to share? Oh boy, do they play a big part. Uh, there is a ton of really great research, believe it or not, that has come out since the pandemic of all the crazy timing, right? Mm-hmm. That says that our environments can play a part in social emotional learning, can play a part in collaboration with kids and their teacher and their peers. And we also know that not having an environment that allows students to quickly move around, to choose the place they want to sit and they're most comfortable, the integrated technology that we all now have, we know that that can also hinder a little bit of that too. Mm -hmm. And let's see examples. Oh my gosh. What can't I choose? Let me, let me just start (laughs) with one. Let me start with Uh one. We've Uh got a school district that we're working with who kind of looked at their environments and said, you know, this is just really not conducive to what we want to, Mm -hmm. you know, really build in our district. We want to build collaboration. We want to build the opportunity for students to be able to move and learn the way that they need to learn. And so we had the opportunity to go in and redo every single classroom in the district. We are so excited. 
And so I wa- I went in and had the opportunity to work with a group of teachers, 90 teachers, mm-hmm. and they were so excited. They were up and moving around and mm-hmm. playing with the desks and, oh, wait, we can do this and we can move this way. And mm-hmm. already we're getting so much amazing feedback about the way the students are engaging. Um, wow. And, you know, most of the training that I do when we put in a new environment is about how can we use this to get kids connected to, to one another? So it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. Can you come to our school district too? Anytime. <laughs> I'm sure all yeah. the listeners Anytime. are thinking that. Anytime. But, you know, and as a teacher too, um, I'm kind of known for like over decorating or being a little extra <laughs> when it comes to creating this beautiful environment in my classroom. And sometimes, you know, I get, a, I get some haters saying like, you spend so much time on making your classroom look so pretty. Well, why do you do that? it makes me happy. You know, when my Absolutely. students walk in, they feel like they're walking into like a cafe or a home, a second home, we as we call it. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me, I spend so much time in my classroom and, you know, students too, right? Some of them spend more time in the classroom awake than they do at their own homes. So I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm creating this comforting, safe environment that's also aesthetically pleasing too. So I just, you know, everything that you're, you're just talking about, I'm like, yes, how can we provide this for all the teachers, you know, as many teachers as possible? Well, and I would tell people, Mm -hmm. Nancy, start small. You don't have to redo everything. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, I love your classroom and mine did not look like that. (laughs) I started with the small corners of my room. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. how can you create, you said you've got a chill corner. How Mm -hmm. can I create one small space? that Mm -hmm. students can go and have an alternative place to just relax. We know that some students even come to school tired and maybe they didn't get a great breakfast and they need time to, to just sit and and be quiet for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like you have to, you don't have to be exactly like Nancy, right? You got, you know, (laughs) you got to make it your own. Start from one corner. That's right. One one little space. Uh I love that. Now, um, I know you did talk about like what schools can do to support teachers successfully create these environments. Now, what sort of resources are available for schools and educators who are looking to learn more about uh, developing a learning environment that supports the social emotional learning? Um, I would say those resources are growing every single day, which is wonderful. Um, You could, again, starting on that small idea first, with that kind of small chill corner or space, being able to pick furniture that is comfortable, that is kind of that homey feeling. Mm -hmm. And even adding, I love to hear that you've got fidgets in that space Mm -hmm. because students sometimes not only need that in that space, but they need to take it back to their desk and fidget Mm -hmm. a little bit and move. We know that the research says students with ADHD need movement. And it seems Mm -hmm. really weird to say that students that are hyperactive or are very active learners need more movement, it actually calms your brain. Right. It helps them focus better too. Absolutely. For me as Absolutely. well. <laughs> Absolutely. I I would say when you sit at a staff meeting, watch how many adults fidget. So if we're fidgeting, that <laughs> uh-huh. probably means that our kids need fidgeting That's me. ability, uh-huh. right? Right. Um, Some of the other resources, you know, look at places to put a couple of alternative seats. How can I add maybe a couple of wobble stools in? 
that give students, again, that choice. How can I even put maybe a sit to stand or just a standing desk in the back? Again, you want to create that choice and voice for students. You want to be able to give them that ability to go out and say, you know what, I need to learn this way. So if we can just make those small tweaks, you don't have to redo everything. We have worked with districts across the nation. Funny story, I will tell you the two biggest spaces we do right now are chill spaces in a corner Mm -hmm. across the nation and teacher lounges. Isn't that Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Because that is, I know, like, you know, we have a beautiful teacher's lounge um, and I'm so thankful for it. And, and we love spending time in there. And, and I hear from other people, other teachers on social media that they don't have a space like that, that, you know, they can just, there's, there might be a microwave. They just go heat up their food, but they don't want to hang out in the teacher's lounge. And then our principal, my principal and I were talking about how how amazing would it be to have a student lounge, you Ooh, know, where students that. can go, right? So not just in the classroom, but on campus. You know, some some kids just want to go into the library during lunchtime and just kind of read. Um, but if we had student lounges, that would be so amazing too. Sue Ann, I love that you're calling these spaces chill corner. I've been calling it calm corner, calming corner, but I would love to hear more ideas of what other spaces and environments that that you're creating. Oh, let me tell you, it's awesome to hear that you've even named it and you've called it a space because I think you actually hit it on the head. The kids need that, that ability to go, I need to go there. I will tell you, schools are getting so creative. We have got people creating calming spaces or chill spaces, you know, in middle school and high school, it's kind of cooler to be (laughs) in a chill space than it is a calming Mm -hmm. space Um, in the back of a cafeteria, Mm -hmm. in the back of a media center. We are converting hallways, boring blank hallways Mm -hmm. into what we call hallway hangouts Uh, and being able to just create those little niches in places mm-hmm. that kids go, yeah, I just need a spot to be able mm-hmm. to sit and be social with my friends, mm-hmm. to relax, to hang out. Outside spaces are mm-hmm. really on the rise right now. We've mm-hmm. got people mm-hmm. creating, believe it or not, even calming gardens or oh garden spaces, maker wow. spaces outside. Mm-hmm. Who, mm-hmm. who even thought years ago wow. that we would do maker spaces outside? Uh, wow. We're working with a district in Florida right now who is integrating within these outside calming gardens, mm-hmm. little walkways and pathways and seating spots, and even bringing whiteboards outside. So that way mm-hmm. classrooms can come out and do mm-hmm. class and kind of a, a little bit of a different relaxed atmosphere. That sounds so dreamy. I recently read an article that you wrote and I just loved reading about like what the research says that kids want and need. And you hit up on the whole choice of their seats and the whole autonomy and and choice and, you know, like the need for the social connection. Now, can you tell me a little bit about maybe the belonging aspect of what you wrote about? Oh, absolutely. Students have to, again, if you go back to Maslow, they have to feel like that space is theirs. And I always tell teachers, when you walk into your classroom, you want to look at the physical footprint to see who owns most of the room, who owns most of the wall space. 
And if you look around and you go, oh, wow, okay, that's a static bulletin board. Now I'm old enough that I actually got a grade in college. This is really going to date me, but I got a grade in college on how well I did bulletin boards. But those bulletin boards, you too. Uh Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. You know, but those bulletin boards back in the old days were just static, you know. Mm -hmm. And when you have active environments and active students Mm -hmm. butting up against a static environment, it causes friction. Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. my space as a teacher is taking up a quarter of the room, remember back in the old days of the big long six foot you know, huge military desks that you put Mm -hmm. in one spot, they didn't move the whole year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Those kinds of spaces, when I think back, I really owned most of the room. So Mm -hmm. in order to get kids where they feel like they belong, they need to own it. So allow them to do things on the board, allow them to choose work to showcase. You know what I actually saw on social media the other day? I saw someone zip tying their desks together so students couldn't move them. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh, oh, I know. Like I know. Reverse flexible seating. Yes. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. And it's, oh. it's like, come on. You know, I just, I want people to just, if I could give anyone advice mm-hmm. besides mm-hmm. start small, which we mm-hmm. already, we already talked about mm-hmm. is just let it happen. Because the more ownership you give kids, mm-hmm. the more that discipline will decrease, the more kids will take ownership of the whole classroom and they will feel again, like they belong. And I would challenge you to try it, try it because I think you'll see that kids, that discipline's going to go right back on the right track again. And you're going to get that triumph that we talked about earlier. Wow. You're amazing. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, thank for you. So are you. Nuggets of gold. Nuggets of gold. Thank you so much. Let's turn trauma into triumph, like what Dr. Sue Ann Hyland said, and pick a corner. Start small and give your students a space where they can recenter themselves and feel like they belong, because they do. Thank you for joining us for the Schoolyard Podcast. Remember to pack your curiosity and meet us back in the schoolyard for the next episode on esports. Class dismissed. Tag, you're it. Now it's your turn to write in with a question, which we will answer here on the Schoolyard Podcast for our segment called Tag, You're It. Tag us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, or Twitter at School Specialty and hashtag Schoolyard Tag, You're It with a question that you want answered. Starting with episode number five, one question will be selected per episode to be answered by our featured guest and myself. If your question is chosen to be answered on the podcast, we'll send you a very special Schoolyard Podcast t-shirt.